In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, Amen. I'd like to welcome you to all, all to our Perseverance Family Conversation. And as always, it's great to be with all of you. On this Saturday in which we always honor Mary, who is the Mother of God. Mary is the Mother of the Church. And Mary is the Mother of each and every one of us. And also we call out to Mary in the beautiful prayer, the Hail Holy Queen. We cry out to Mary as our life, our sweetness, and our hope. So let's uh, raise our hearts and minds to Mary by praying the prayer that she loves most. That prayer, my friends, is the Hail Mary. So together. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Pray for our sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Right now we're going to invite to be with us our spiritual director. Our spiritual director is the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit has many wonderful names. Holy Spirit is known as the Paraclete. Holy Spirit is also known as the Gift of Gifts. Holy Spirit is also known as the Sweet Guest of the Soul. Holy Spirit is also known as our Consoler. Holy Spirit is also known as our Counselor. Holy Spirit is also known as our Interior Master. St. Paul reminds us in his letter to the Romans, chapter 8. St. Paul says, We really don't know how to pray as we ought. But the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit intercedes with ineffable groans so that we can say Abba. Abba, which means Daddy or Father. So let's beg the Holy Spirit, who is the mutual bond of love between the Father and the Son, to pour down upon us light, in our intellect, 
and to set our hearts on fire with divine love as we pray. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle within us the fire of your divine love. Send forth your spirit and they shall be created. And thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who did instruct the hearts of your faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us that by the same Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Our Lady of Fatima, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. St. Michael the Archangel, pray for us. St. Gabriel, pray for us. St. Raphael, pray for us. All God's angels and saints, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So my friends, it's so true that the family that prays together stays together. And a world at prayer is a world at peace. So after starting off our family conversation, praying together as a family... I will be praying for all of you today in the greatest of all prayers. And by far the greatest of all prayers, my friends, is the holy sacrifice of the Mass. Indeed, there's no greater prayer in the world than the holy sacrifice of the Mass. The purpose of the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass is to offer to God the Father the spotless victim, Jesus Christ, as a sacrifice of praise and reparation and through the power of the Holy Spirit. So I'd like to place all of you and your intentions on the altar. In the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass that I'll be celebrating later on. And I'd like to offer these intentions. First, I'd like to pray that each and every one of us in this persevering family, we would make a concerted effort to be open to the 
open to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Perhaps we can say this prayer. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary. That'll be our prayer. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary. My next intention, I'd like to pray for all of our families. For the conversion of our family members, the sanctification of our family members. and the salvation of our family members. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ said this very clearly. He says, What would it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul in the process? What can we, exchange, what can we give in exchange for our immortal soul? And then, I like to pray I like to pray with all of you for those who will be dying today throughout the world people will be dying are they prepared? only God knows we want to pray that they would be given the grace to die in God's friendship so that they'll be saved. So, my friends, let's enter into our conversation. Yesterday, we celebrated the birthday of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And we mentioned also, when we celebrate a birthday, it's a common practice, of course, to give to the person whose birthday is celebrated a birthday gift. So I'd like to extend to Mary once again a happy birthday because also Saturday is the day in which we honor Mary. And let's see if we can offer Mary three gifts. Because on the 12th of September, which will be Tuesday, is the... Is the titular feast day of the Oblates, the Holy Name of Mary, then on the 15th we actually celebrate Our Lady of Sorrows. So, to show our great love for Mary, I would suggest, my friends, 
three gifts that we can offer to Mary. First gift I would suggest is the praying of the Angelus. Now I've never had the I've never had the the opportunity to travel to the Philippines even though we have two houses in the Philippines, in Cebu as well as in Antipolo, on the outskirts of the metropolis of, of, of um, Manila. But I heard, at least in the past, that it was a custom in the Philippines especially at 12 noon at midday, to stop in the mall, in the law offices, in the schools, in the public practices, and they would stop and they would pray the Angelus. What a beautiful practice at midday. You see, 12 hours has passed and 12 hours yet to come. A good midpoint to pray the Angelus. So that's a practice that I would invite all of you to to do in your daily lives. I would be even bold enough to say to pray the Angelus at 9 o'clock to sanctify the morning at 12 noon to sanctify the afternoon and then the evening to sanctify the night hours. So that's one gift that we can offer to Mary, the, the practice of praying the Angelus and see if you can encourage others to pray the Angelus. Second gift we can give to Mary is the following. It's common sense what I'm going to say. We cannot really get to love a person if we don't know who that person is. So get in the habit of doing some reading on Mary. Especially on Saturdays as well as Marian feast days. You could read my Marian Compendium. My Marian Compendium. Here I have my Marian Compendium, the last book that I've written. And this Marian Compendium can be very helpful because really compendium means, it means kind of a summary 
of who Mary is. So if any of you have already obtained a copy of my, my Marian compendium, it's a, it's a summary of Mariology. You have in the Marian compendium We have a really good Mariology where we have explained the fair four Marian dogmas, which would be the Immaculate Conception, Mary's perpetual virginity, Mary's divine maternity, and finally Mary's assumption into heaven. So you got the dogmatic part. Then you have many devotions to Mary. For example, what I'm just mentioning a couple minutes ago, is one of the many Marian devotions, the practice of the Angelus. But this whole list of chapters on devotions to Mary that we can undertake. Third part of this hopefully a Marian classic in the, in the near future, are Marian apparitions, approved Marian apparitions, among which you can get to know Our Lady of Fatima, Our Lady of Guadalupe, Our Lady of Lourdes, Our Lady of the Miraculous Medal. And then at the, the last part of the book, there's just a treasury of classical Marian prayers and litanies. And it's not to mention also we have in the book just marvelous artwork. For example, if you look at this, There we have a beautiful portrait of Mary as queen. This is one of my favorites. Here we have Mary in the moment of the Annunciation, which you see the Archangel Gabriel coming to Mary, and you can see the, the fire above her, and that's the Holy Spirit. So, by reading and reflecting upon this book, The Marian Compendium, this is a way in which we can show our, our great love for Mary. So I'm doing today, my friends, I'm, I'm putting the, the icing on the cake in honor of Mary, celebrating her birthday, which was yesterday, and today is a day dedicated to Mary suggesting three specific gifts that we can give to Mary. One would be, as we said, praying the Angelus. Second would be to read a good book on Mary because knowledge will generate love, a love following, following imitation. And then the last thing I'd like to suggest
And Mary Jo said she has two of my books and uh, she would like to give a book to a young priest. There was a woman that came to my exercise that said she wanted to buy a book for all the priests in the Orange Diocese of Lo- next to Los Angeles. Great. We really want to we really want to encourage priests to to fall in love with the Blessed Mother and to communicate to their faithful a great love and tender devotion to Mary. And my friends, I never get tired of this, but we should also give as Mary, as a gift to Mary, the following. The Rosary. Pray the Rosary every day. Pray the Rosary every day. The family that prays together stays together. A world at prayer is a world at peace. Those are immortal sayings of Father Patrick Payton. Father Patrick Payton. There was a movie that came out a couple years ago on Father Patrick Payton, the Rosary Priest. And the name of the movie was Pray, Pray. Father Patrick Payton was called to become a priest. But something very serious happened to him. He was at the University of Notre Dame preparing to become a Holy Cross priest. And he came down with very serious lung problems, advanced pneumonia, and it looked as if he were going to die. And after doing some serious studies of his of his health condition, his superior, having consulted the doctor, said he had two options. To crack open his chest and do a very, very difficult and painful operation. And the other option was to pray. So Father Peyton, in his heart, said, prayed to Mary, if you can save me, then I will be become your apostle of the rosary. What happened was, he experienced like a gentle hand moving over his chest. And when, when they did the x-rays the next time, they saw that his he was completely healed. And Father Peyton believed that that though, that was the hand of the Blessed Mother moving over his chest, healing him of that pneumonia that would have probably led to death. And as a result of that, Father Patrick Payton became one of the most fervent, ardent preachers of the Most Holy Rosary. So much so that when he went to the Philippines in the 70s, there were as many as three million people that he brought together. And his message was very simple. 
his message was very simple. <clears throat> and it was, if we want to save the world, it has to be by praying the rosary, but praying the rosary in the family. Because the family that prays together stays together. So those are three gifts. Those are three gifts that we can offer to Mary for her birthday, which we celebrated yesterday. And Saturday is also a day in which we honor Mary. To pray the Angelus, to read a good book, if you like, this is the Compendium of Marian Devotion, and to pray your rosary every day. And try to become an apostle of the rosary. Try to become an apostle of the rosary. So my friends, today I'd like to, the readings we have today is once again from the Colossians and then we're into the Gospel of St. Luke chapter 6. The responsorial psalm is, God himself is my help. But I'd like to start off with giving you a summary of the saint that we celebrate today. The saint that we celebrate today, his name is Saint Saint Peter Claver, who was born 1581 and died 1654. And he was canonized in 1888. And he's a patron of missionary work among the black people and of Colombia. And of Colombia. His life is fascinating. As a young man, He had, he excelled in his studies. He was sent to Barcelona to get a degree. He entered into the Jesuits. When he was in Mallorca, he met a humble brother who was a saint. His name was Alonso Rodriguez, a humble lay Jesuit brother. And Alonso Rodriguez had a vision that he would become a great missionary to the Americas. So Peter Claver goes to, he travels to Colombia. And he had this ardent desire to help out Especially the black the black slaves. Colombia was a transport area where the slaves would come from Africa and they'd be transported to the New World 
And one of the chief stops would be um, Cartagena, which was a seaport of Colombia. And if you did see the movie The Sound of Freedom, the last part of the movie was actually there. It's a seaport. So these black slaves would be transported from Africa with the purpose of, of, of selling them to slave owners. And you really see how, how dehumanized were the living conditions of these black slaves. They're treated almost like animals, if not worse than animals. Peter Claver had another vision. He would treat them with the greatest love and respect. Because of the living condition being so degenerate, they would be given, these slaves, one meal a day. And according to calculations, about one of three of those black slaves would actually die in the way. Then once they arrived on shore, especially the liturgy of the hours today is very moving. The liturgy of the hours presents Peter Claver surrounded by some interpreters and the black slaves are disembarked from the ship. And many of them are very sick. Some of them are half dead. And Peter Claver would summon his friends to bring baskets of oranges and lemons and biscuits to be able to nourish these people. And one of the pages shows that two of them were laying in a mud puddle and their pulses had almost stopped. So Peter Claver got them to make a fire and he had a couple of wallets filled with aromatic incense and threw that aromatic incense into the fire as a primitive healing remedy. And their eyes opened up. And they looked at Peter with a big smile on their face. Now Peter could not speak their language, but with a smile, with a warm, welcoming gesture, 
he communicated to them that he was their friend. And Peter Claver not only not only did Peter Claver engage himself in providing food for them as well as healing as best he could but Peter Claver especially was interested in the salvation of their souls. You see what the saints will do. They will help out in many ways. The corporal works of mercy and the spiritual works of mercy. Giving themselves over giving themselves over to helping out the naked, the poor, the hungry, the sick, the thirsty, providing for this as best he could. But then, he had about six different interpreters because these black people were coming from different different places in Africa where they had different languages. Peter Claver wrote in blood that he would be the slave to the slaves. He actually wrote that in blood. That he would become the slave to the slaves. So, with respect to evangelizing them, he would show them a cross, a depiction of Jesus on the cross. He would teach them how to make the sign of the cross. And he would teach them the Our Father. He would teach them the Hail Mary. He would teach them also the glory be. Then he teach them the creed. And then he made a very strong insistence trying to go through the commandments in a basic way that they renounce sin and they repent of their sins. seeing that sin was mortal enemy number one. Sin was mortal enemy number one. Then after having gone through the creed, he would proceed to baptize them. Now, he worked with them he was given the grace to work with the poor for about 40 years. Now listen to this. 
According to what I read, I read two different sources on this. I read two, two different sources on this that agreed agreed on the number. He was instrumental in baptizing 300,000 of these black slaves. He would line them up and he would give them a ribbon with a different number and he would name them Peter, James, or John. And then he would baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Think about that. 300, that's, that's almost a third of a million. One man doing that. You see, my friends, how great the saints are. If we really live our Catholic faith to the fullest extent possible, miracles can come about. And we're called to catechize, we're called to evangelize, we're called to preach the Word of God. Not to sit on our hands or pat ourselves on the backs, but to be working in the vineyard of the Lord. Another thing that he would do is that Peter Claver would spend hours in the evening praying at night. And he was said with, whenever there's anyone that was sick or wanted to go to confession, he would always be ready to get up to serve. But, like St. John Bosco, like many of the saints, he recognized the, sh the short of material things so he would go and he would beg the rich people to give of their resources to help out the poor <clears throat> and they would give it to him and if our question of tending to a rich person or a poor person Peter Claver would always give preference to the poor person that makes me think about, my friends, let's ask ourselves this question in honor of St. Peter Claver and the letter of St. James. Letter of St. James, chapter 2. He says, be, be very, very careful about prejudice and favoritism. St. James says, what would happen if you're in a meeting in your home and there's a man that's elegant, well-dressed, with rings on his fingers, very handsome. Then the same room, there's a poor, shabby, ugly, dirty, unsheveled hair, a poor man. Which of those two, try to be honest, which of those two men would you favor? 
Which of those two men would you bend over backwards to help out? Which of those two men would you show a certain preference to? I think all of us would probably have to say, bowing our heads, we would prefer to be with the the man who's got cologne, he's got rings on his fingers, he's well-groomed, he's got a tuxedo on, he's very eloquent. I think we have to be honest with ourselves. We prefer to be with the person that's most attractive. That's human nature. Not Peter Claver. Not St. Francis of Assisi. Not Mother Teresa. Not Vincent de Paul. And even our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Even our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ had a special love and preference. He had a special love and preference for the underdog, for the marginalized. Jesus had a great love for the blind and the deaf and the mute and the paralytics and even lepers. The preferential option for the poor we have in the documents of Puebla to bend over backwards to help out the more the more needy of society. That has to be said. So that we see in the person of Saint Peter Claver. Imagine that baptizing three hundred thousand. That is incredible, the number. He did all he possibly could in his life to help out the poor. Another thing that Peter Claver did And this is very Ignatian because don't forget that St. Peter Claver was actually a Jesuit, a follower of St. Ignatius. And um, let me just tell you something he did to kind of enrich your own prayer life. He had in his possession he had in his own possession uh, a book with the with the life of Christ. When he would pray, he would open up the book, and he'd be praying, and he'd be looking at a picture like this. Here you have a picture of Saint Francis de Sales in the Memorare. He would open up the book. Here we have an image of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Here we have an image, my friends, a beautiful image of Our Lady of Sorrows that we'll be celebrating next week with the seven sorrows going through the heart of Mary. So he would open up his book, The Life of Christ, and he'd be looking at the pictures. 
he'd be looking and contemplating the pictures. That would help him to pray. Now, there's no reason why you can't do that. This is a means by which we can enter into what is called Ignatian Contemplation. Ignatian Contemplation, my friends, is the following. It's a type of prayer. Would you try to create the scene? We try to create the scene. It's called the composition of place. We beg for the grace to enter into prayer. We try to create the scene. And we try to imagine the place, the persons that are present, their gestures, their gestures, and then their words. Then we derive fruit from it. An example could be you're present there in the Garden of Gethsemane. And you see the the three apostles, Peter, James, and John, they have fallen asleep, and Jesus is entering into his mortal agony. He's praying fervently to his heavenly Father and saying, Father, if it be possible, remove this chalice from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. So you're present there. You see the apostles that have fallen asleep. You see Jesus sweating blood. And then you see an angel that comes. The angel that comes beside our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And then the angel embraces Christ. And then you become that angel. That's right. You 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 become the, the angel of consolation there in the Garden of Gethsemane. The apostles, they fell asleep more than once. Basically abandoning our Lord, leaving him alone in his mortal anguish and agony. But God the Father sends the angel the angel of consolation, you become that angel of consolation. There we have it. There we have it. So what Peter Claver was doing, he was utilizing his book. And when someone looked at this book later, the, the pages that were most used in the book that Peter Claver had would be Jesus suffering in the garden. 
Jesus being scourged at the pillar. Jesus being crowned with thorns. And Jesus dying on the cross. In other words, what we would say, the the sorrowful mysteries of the rosary. And as a result of his contemplating the passion, suffering, and death of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that gave him strength. It gave him strength to help these suffering slaves because Peter understood that Jesus suffered much more than he did. And Jesus suffered out of love for us in that prayer experience filled St. Peter Claver with the grace to be able to patiently suffer with these slaves. Now Peter Slaver, uh, Peter Claver, he kept a notebook. And Peter Claver wrote down these four basic rules that guide his apostolic initiatives and endeavors. He had four basic rules. And you might even copy these down and see if you can maybe put these into practice in your own life in one way or another. Number one, to seek God in all things. That's right. To seek God in all things. If you like, here's another way of putting it. We're all called to be contemplatives in action. I repeat, we're all called to be in contemplatives in action. And as Paul says, quoting the Greek poet, in him we live and move and have our being. The second would be to obey my superiors as I would obey Christ. Obey my superiors as I would obey Christ. God does speak through persons, places, and things, but he speaks also through our superiors. The third, and this is the Ignatian motto, to do everything for the greater glory of God. May that be our motivating principle in honor of St. Peter Claver, St. Ignatius, and the saints. 
to do everything, everything for the greater glory of God. Ignatius says the AMDG, Ad Maiorum De Gloriam, which would be the initials in Latin. And in a certain sense, it's what St. Paul says, whether we eat or drink, do everything for the honor and glory of God. So do everything for the greater glory of God. And the last one would be, gladly accept any suffering any suffering to save souls so recognize that if we can accept the suffering that God sends to us this can be a powerful means to save souls. So Sophie is actually writing down these proposals of St. Peter Claver. So I'd like to just repeat them. And they would be, Seek God in all things. Obey our superiors as we would obey Christ. Do everything for the greater glory of God. Finally, to accept suffering. Whatever suffering God might send us. To save souls. As Jesus says, what would it profit a man if he gained the whole world and lose his immortal soul. So we gladly accept sufferings to save souls. So thank you, Sophie, for being our secretary this morning and may God bless all of you. Invite all of you to share our conversation today. We talked basically about the birthday gifts that we can give to the Blessed Virgin Mary, praying the Angelus, reading possibly my Marian Compendium, praying the Most Holy Rosary. Then we spent a lot of time. We spent a lot of time today, my friends, by getting to know Jesus and Mary through getting to know His friends. to getting to know his friends. So I invite all of you to share our conversation with many of your friends. And I'd like to impart to all of you my priestly blessing. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you 
through the intercession of Mary, who is known as the Queen of all the saints, and through the great missionary. That missionary is Saint Francis Xavier, or Saint Peter Claver, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. So we'll see you tomorrow, same time, and same channel, on, in the Perseverance family of Father Edward Bloom. God bless you.